1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 16. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a commanding shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet call of God. First, the believers who have died will rise from their graves. Wow, this is awesome and a continuation of verse 15. We are continuing our timeline as Paul is outlining what will happen on that day. However, its brevity is glaring and there are a ton of details I would like to know that are left out. This sequence of events is truncated, but we're given a rough idea about what happens in four movements between verse 16 and 17. Here are the movements. First, the Lord will descend. Second, the dead will rise. Third, the living will be caught up. And fourth, we will live with the Lord forever. It will take us two days to unpack this. The two major movements in verse 16 are that the Lord will descend and the dead will rise. Remember, the disciples saw Jesus ascend into the clouds and were promised he would return in the same way. Cross-reference Acts chapter 1 verse 9 through 11 and Mark chapter 13 verse 26. So the assumption this would happen in a reverse manner makes sense. 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 3 and 10 speak to their faith eagerly awaiting the second coming. But they are not to wait for another birth, another baby to descend. Rather, we are to expect a fully grown Jesus to descend from heaven. Why do I even mention this? Isn't this obvious? I suppose it is, for those of us with a strong background in eschatological thinking, or, sorry, uh, end-time thinking. But for those who weren't brought up into this world, there is nothing we can assume. As well, there are certainly people and prophets, usually doomsday prophets, who were born, grew up, and then decided they were more than simply humans, and they have even declared themselves saviors and gods. We can simply reject those people as part of the second coming of Christ as they started their journey on this earth as an infant. Scripture here seems to indicate that this is not the case with the second coming of Jesus. In the same way that Paul does not want you to be ignorant, I don't want you to be fooled. When we begin to think about all of this, it is easy to get confused, and there are certainly those who profit off of confusion, even those within the church. As we stick to Scripture, we can be assured of God's clarity in all of this. To be sure, you and I have heard some really interesting and strange things coming from people who are anxious, searching for answers, or trying to profit off of confusion and fear. When you hear these things that don't seem quite right, Refer back to scripture and let it be your guide through troubling and troubled times. A couple of other things we should mention about this text. With the voice of the archangel connotes the heavenly host or army of God. Mark also records that Jesus will come with the holy angels. Cross-reference Mark chapter 8 verse 38. It implies that the same hosts that heralded his coming in the stories we retell at Christmas are here with him. Jesus does not come alone, but rather with all those angels he has created and who give him praise. With the trumpet call of God is used for a variety of purposes in ancient texts, but it was not so much about a musical instrument as it is about giving signals. It could herald the coming of a great person or a great event, or even to give a warning to people in military settings. It was used to signal the Hebrews' encounter with God at Sinai, cross-reference Exodus chapter 19, verse 16 and 19. What are some of the weird things you have heard about the end of time?
How do we guard ourselves from becoming confused? Do you think that Paul was having to work hard to keep people from being confused even back then? <laughs> 